on behalf of the uh, of the Mishpacha, we want to thank everybody for coming and showing their Kavad Acharon to the Nifter, Rebbe Avram Ephraim Ben Baruch Bendit, and to show their support for the Mishpacha at this moment. The, um, the Baal speaks about the person who is Tocho Ratz of Ava, his heart is filled with Ava, with Ava Sashem, with passion, Shalhevis, Rishver, Rishverka. And it's a person who has a Mr. Teres Belibo. It's all within, and it's bursting to come out. The little I knew of the Nifter, I knew him through a, through a dove. That was the image that we had of him, a larger-than-life person, who was a Talmud Chacham of world-class caliber, person with deep passion, deep Avas Hashem, Avas and Avra Mishpacha, and somebody whose passion laid within the heart, and at times would come out in, in flames. And you know, and inspire those around. We're going to uh, have a few divrezikaron of the nifter. I'm first Rosh Shiva Rabbiansky Shlita, followed by two of his sons, I'm Reb Aaron and Reb Dov. Even though I did probably have more of a Kesha with the Nifta than most outsiders. It also was very little because of his nature of his person. I knew him in a certain segment of his life, certain moments when we had deeper conversations. And I'd like, I guess, from, from that perspective to try to get a little bit of a glimpse of somebody that was so hidden, um, so hidden Bishita and personality, and try a little bit to get a feel for who would be Milava. Chazal say that Adam Yechidi Nivra, that a person was created Yechidi. Adam was created as a Yachid. It's, uh, it's given as a Maila, it's given as something which is the Chshibas Adam. But it jars, it contrasts with the Pasuk like Toiv HaYos Adam Levadi. How is it that Adam is created Yechidi and then like Toiv HaYos Adam Levadi? Rebbe Nishchai actually mentions it fleetingly but he just connects the Gemara with it, doesn't really speak about it. And I think I'd like to take a moment in looking at it through the lenses through the perspective, what I feel was something of the Nifta's very deep perspective. He grew up, his heart and soul were in Chabad of a long time ago, where the Avoda was not about reaching out and about Kirov, but Avedis Adam focused on oneself. And possibly the mantra, a, a, a refrain from Tanya that keeps coming up again and again, it's a quote from Rai Mehemna, is Moyach Shalit Aliba. That a person's mind is rules and is meant to rule over his heart. It's the core of that type of avoda. It's an avoda that espouses 
anything, any emotions that start with emotion are just sentiment. They don't have real value to it. And the value of a person's avoda and feelings and real emotions are those that have been sculpted and directed by the mind. A person has two centers of self. One, his yechidi, and that is his mind. They are same ashonos, and no two people share understanding. And then there's the part of the person that needs connection, seeks connection, lives off connection. And the center there is the heart. Adam Yechidi, it comes first. A person has to have a self. And that's formed by a person's das. It's not enough. Lotovi Adam Levado. Then he seeks out and he reaches out and connects with his life. It was the Avoda that was impressed in that old Beishinach of Chabad. And from a vantage point of years later, retroactively, in retrospect, tragically lost his Eze Kinegdo. He was thrust back again into Lotovios Adam Levado. And he decided that he must work on the Adam Yechidi Nivra to allow himself to wallow in his emotions would be starting from the wrong place. And the place where he wanted to focus his life and energies was to form the emis that comes from Das. And he spent a lifetime trying to formulate that emis. It's not only about seichel and das and understanding. The morale speaks about the difference between Avram and Bilam, and he speaks about the mid of Toiv Ayin. The mid of Toiv Ayin, we tend to associate with some sort of kindness, goodness, etc. The morale gives a very different shot. Tovayin means that I can look around the world, see the good that is taking place, and being happy with it. And the reason the morale says doesn't start with a feeling of benevolence towards other people. It's because I am self-sufficient. If I've eaten my full, I have no problem appreciating other people's food, their food that they can eat and live from. The person who is sholem ba'atzmai, who is a mistapic, 
he's self-sufficient. That person, that's the core of Avram's Mida. Bilam's Mida was he needed everything and anything outside of himself. And that deficiency caused every Ashkasa that came out of it. Avram Avinu's Komida is being yonic from himself, drawing his life sustenance from within, and being self-sufficient with himself. This Mida is the extension of that Mida of Moach and Seichel. The person who needs to connect is lacking within himself. In the Lotovia Sadam Levadi, a person perceives himself as insufficient, not having what it takes from within to realize himself, and he needs other people. That type of connection is lacking. The person whose self is self-satisfying, but reaches out to the other as a second step, is something that is the shlemus of the person who reaches out. The shlemus of once you're yechidi, then you say, I need to do for the other as well. If is an expression of self-insufficiency, it's a crippling, it's a crutch. In his world of tortured self-sufficiency, Rabbi Avram was most nefesh for, as long as I know him, to being self-sufficient emotionally. Everything his desire to come to the other person only if he felt he doesn't need the other person was something that was at the core of his being. Whether he could barely drag himself out to drive himself to the hospital, whether he could spend weeks in isolation, and so much more that I don't know about. His driving emotional need was that if Adam Yechidi Nivra, then a person has to be able to stand by himself, to connect other people because you need them, is taking away from the Tzalem Alekim, and it's a burden on other people. But when you find your own self-sufficiency, when deathly ill, you can take care of yourself, and fend for yourself, then when you connect to somebody else, you're doing it as an extension of self, not as a supplementing of self. It wasn't easy to watch. It was so driven. The need not to allow emotional expression to be a way of venting or emoting. I would watch him, I spoke at Shevabrachs, we made a Shevabrachs for Dovi Balachaim. 
I watched him at the Hasana. It was the emotion that came out was despite his efforts to rein it in. It was an incredible it was an incredible embodiment of a chinuch of Moach Shalit Alev. We do see, we see so much that was hidden from the fact that Baruch Hashem, your children, are gems. Dove, your Baruch you raised as a baby to adulthood, to achievement, Dove, with his depth of understanding, care, sensitivity, and pleasantness, speaks louder than a thousand witnesses that this is who you were. You may have kept it in. You may have kept emotion, concern, care, sensitivity within. Seeing the expression of it as being something that debases it, but we have testimony. Your children, who you may have had difficulties at times communicating with, are paradigms of what you were, of the emiss you were. I was sitting and I knew the clock was ticking and I was listening to them saying Shiashir. And I was thinking, isn't that your life? A life of pursuing something that transcends the world and you never ever find it. It's something that we catch a glimpse, a teasing glimpse here and there and then it disappears and a person goes through life searching for the person who does search and it's frustration after frustration he knows what he wants and he knows it's there but it's a type of Indian that a person doesn't find it here. The, f the place where she finally finds her beloved, it says, Ki azo kamoves ava, kosher kishal kina, rishafer rishwe eish shal heves ka. So Chazal say, Omer of Rechia, shal heves ka. A divine flame. So Rechia says, not like in this world, where water extinguishes fire, or fire extinguishes, or fire evaporates water, but is a place where fire and water coexist. Water, fire is the searing truth 
of the Das and the Seichel. Water is the flow of love from the heart. And in this world of Avram, you could not see how they coexist. If it's in the mind, it's not in the heart. And if it's in Emes, it's not in the Kalkal Deshura. And if it's in the heart, it's not in the mind. And if it's in the Kalkal Deshura, it's not Emes. And you're right. In this world, that paradox has no resolution. But now, you've come to a place which I'll have his car. Where Mayim and Aish coexist. Where Emes and Ava twin, not spar. What you've been looking for, the hard and difficult life that you spent being Mosa Nefesh for Yechidi Nivra. Bez Hashem will find the toiv of the other. Leich Beshalom, Tanuach HaMishkafcha. May you find the Menuchas HaNefesh of a seeking Nefesh, a Menucha that's only possible in Chayot. appreciate the Rosh Hashiva's uh, accurate description of the depth of my father's Avaida. Um, as a person, he was a private man, not well known to many. So I'd like to share some of my impressions of who he was. Although most children have a lifetime of recollections about their parents, our mother's Petira, almost 35 years ago, resulted in different childhood experiences for each of us and different interactions with our father. I was in contact with him regularly, but the period of my life when we lived together was through age nine while our mother was alive and for a few years afterwards. At that time, he was a dedicated Lubavitcher, having spent a number of years learning under Rabbi Pekarsky in 770. He married our mother, Chaya Hirsch, in 1969 and they moved to Boston a year or two before I was born in 1975. In Boston, he earned a doctorate from Harvard University in the Jewish Studies Department headed by Rabbi Tversky and spent a lot of time learning and researching in his private study at home. His doctoral thesis was later turned into a book on the origins of Chabad. He greatly admired Talmidei Chachamim wherever he lived, in Crown Heights, Boston, and here in Silver Spring. He would say, so, he would say so-and-so is not, only, not only has a library full of Sfarim, he actually knows what's in them. He's a true Talmud Chacham. I remember his deep appreciation of music. He would often have classical music playing softly at home. He remembered many songs and nugunim that he learned as a child and during his time in Lubavitch. He knew all the words, including their source and context, along with every note and nuance. He had a pleasant voice and taught us exactly how to sing each note until we got it right. He would send emails with links to songs online that he found moving, and he told me that he often had a beautiful soundtrack running through his head. 
He took a deep interest in his grandchildren and would ask them all about their school, their favorite subjects and activities. He would ask me for details about their yeshiva and camp options and follow up to see how things were progressing. Over the past few months, and especially the past few weeks, my siblings and I worked smoothly together to help be with our father. And that brings me to one more point. Not everyone is Eicha to get married and have children. And our mother passed away almost 35 years ago. Yet look what he has to his credit. Four children and 24 grandchildren Kainahara, one of whom is becoming a bar mitzvah this Shabbos, and will Be'ezus Hashem lay in the parsha of Achare Mois during Shiva. May this be as close for the Neshama of Avram Ephraim ben Baruch Bendit, Yehizuch Baruch. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you, Aaron. <clears throat> Thank you to all of you for coming. I apologize in advance for the length. Uh, my father wouldn't want to inconvenience anybody. So if anyone has to go, we also have to go. It's understandable. <clears throat> I'm at a loss. On one hand, I feel a tremendous responsibility to share my father with a world that didn't know him. Though he lived in Silver Spring since we've lived here, since 1992, by his own design, very few people knew him, and even those that did knew Ephes Kitsehu, the tip of the iceberg, of a great man, a complex person with unbelievable talents and unusual strengths. On the other hand, it's Nissan. <clears throat> and full hespedim are just not appropriate. But the truth is, this is imminently appropriate for my father. He was a serious person, a weighty person. He was a person of depth and emotion, but that emotion was hidden behind a stoic exterior. My grandfather lived in Poland and was affiliated with the Radomsky Hasidus and found his way as a businessman in Queens and then back in Europe. He had high aspirations for his brilliant only child. He said he wanted my father to walk into the UN as uh, the only ambassador with a talis bag under his arm. But my father, a fiercely independent person, as we've heard, found his own path. As a teenager and young adult growing up in Milan, he became totally immersed in Torah in general and specifically in Chabad Hasidus, as we've heard. Throughout his life, he referred to himself as a Chabad Hasid, and he explained that this that he subscribed to the philosophy and the life of Avodah Hashem that came first through Chachma, Bina, and Das. As the Baran said, he often quoted the Tanya in the 11th parakha, That was a common refrain. The mind rules over the heart by nature and its creation. At his first encounter with the Lubavitcher Rebbe, at the age of 17 or 18, he gave an acquittal. And he asked for only one thing, not for brachos, not for guidance. He asked for musr. He asked for constructive critique of character. So it's indeed fitting 
that this hesped must try to stay on track. I want to focus on three aspects of my father's character and accomplishment. Chabad. Chachma, Bina, and Das. Chachma is the initial spark of a thought process. In a sense, it's the most powerful because it's yet undefined and therefore limitless. In that vein, I want to focus on my father's Torah. Bina is the formation of that process into concrete terms and understanding. I want to focus on his discipline. Das is when that understanding becomes part and parcel part and parcel of your psyche and character. I want to focus on his connection to Hashem. Chachma. My father had asked the Rebbe for Musr, ethical rebuke. The Rebbe replied to my father with a bullseye. Barely knowing him and with unbelievable insight, the Rebbe told my father, Dain Avoida is brechen seichel. Your task, your challenge in life is going to be to break your intellect. He didn't mean to sacrifice his intellectual faculty. He meant to take his extraordinary, extraordinary intelligence and strong mind and to make them subservient in the service of Hashem. This was indeed a lifelong struggle. Many times my father would chuckle with a far-off look in his eye as he recalled the time when, in the middle of a fabringen, the Rebbe turned around out of nowhere, caught my father's eye, gave him a smile and said, Noch trachtu, eh? You're still thinking, huh? He was always deep in thought, and so everything startled him. It was impossible to get, him, to get through to him because he turned off his ringer at home because it startled him from his contemplation. For all those years when it was just my father and I at home, we developed a very deep relationship. We had an hour-long sit-down dinner every night, at least. During that time, he would teach me he introduced me to all his good friends, the greatest thinkers and accomplished minds throughout human history. No area of knowledge was safe when he was around. History, facts, figures, names, and dates of all eras of European history, American history, Israeli history, philosophy, music, art, physics, chemistry, politics, language, world cultures, even classic films and musicals were all his close friends. When I was in elementary school, we were invited out, some of, you, some of the families here and different families in Kent Mill, Washington intellectuals, experts in all the above fields, and at, the, at table conversations, he would hold court with them as colleagues, imminently interested and totally comfortable in every detail of the latest research and every detail of their education. Yes, these areas of knowledge were his good friends, but his love was Torah and Yiddishkeit. He finished Shas with Rishonim. One of his most prized possessions was a Chosen Shas with marginal notes filled with his impeccable handwriting. He finished and deeply loved all aspects of the Rambam. He learned much of the Shulchan Aruch, huge amounts of Yerushalmi, almost the entire Medrash, and unaccount uncountable volumes of Hasidus. I always had a mix of emotion when I was deep in a sugya, and I wanted to share it with him. On one hand, I knew how much pleasure it would bring him, I knew I could talk about it to him on a high level of understanding without any, any explanation. But on the other hand, it was a minefield. And it was a minefield that was protracted. He would bomb away with questions and insights, and it would last for days. I would catch him at random moments looking up Rambam's Chuvas Nanodi Bihuda, who he referred to as Zadie Landau, 
we have a family connection. And for the next few days, I would dodge around quarters to avoid his unanswerable questions. It would stay with him, the das, which he couldn't let go. As my brother noted, he loved music deeply and had a keen music sense. There was this NPR show years ago called Name That Tune. We would listen to in the car, where a contestant had to identify songs from just a few notes. My father could do that with almost any piece of classical music. Haydn, Bach, Chopin, Debussy, Mozart, Locatelli, Brahms, Schubert, Vivaldi, this is just what I remember. He knew them all. But never did they elicit the kind of reaction that I saw the first time I played for him, Ko Echsof. I came back from Yitzhak with a new, brand new L'chaim Tish CD in hand. I was excited to play it for him because I knew what would happen. My father was doing the dishes in his classic, unbelievably slow and methodic way, getting each angle of the fork with just the amount, right amount of dish soap and sponge before he placed it into the dishwasher. But then, as he heard the first few notes of Koexov, he stopped in his tracks. He sat down. I don't even remember if he turned off the water. He looked off to the distance and he went somewhere else. When it finished, he asked me to play it again. I did. He asked for a sitter, the Nisuk Svad sitter, that has the words Koexov, and he would follow along every single word. When it's finished, he asked me to play it again. I did. Yes, Mozart and he were close friends, but Shabbos was his first love, and it never went away. He used to quote the Alter Rebbe, the Balatanya, often, who said, the pen is a tool of the mind, but the nigan is a tool of the soul. Now his pen is silent. It's time for those nigunim to fill his neshama. So did he succeed in his avoida of brechen seichel? It's not for us to judge. But as the Tanya says, the son always remains connected to a father's in intellect. So it's for us to continue his work, continue using our minds and abilities to appreciate the overwhelming bounty of knowledge and beauty in the world, at the same time, place Hashem and His Torah above all else. Bina. Discipline of a certain shape, but room for warmth. In many ways, he was an extremely disciplined and proper person. He never walked outside without a hat. He had one particular spot in the kitchen where he would drink standing up. Otherwise, he would always have to be sitting down. When he was sick and thirsty and sitting on a hospital bed in Yerushalayim, he wouldn't drink out of a bottle until I brought him a cup. When I was a child, he would often ask me why I sat in certain positions, why I placed my cup just so on the table. I would say, I don't know. And he would say, that's okay, but you need to think before you act and before you speak. Always know why you're doing everything that you do. We had a meal schedule. Every night had a different dinner, complete with soup, proteins, and a, mix of, and a balanced mix of sides. That schedule never changed throughout my childhood. He appreciated a good home-cooked meal, which he had in some of the houses of the people represented here, but not enough to ever do anything about it, ever. 
But at the same time, as he had this rigidity and discipline, he could be forgiving and sweet. He had a deep, soft side, a gentle understanding. As a silly example that stood out last night at 3 o'clock in the morning, um, as an elementary school boy, I think it was when we lived in Cambridge, England. We had a brief period of time after we moved from Boston, stopped off in Cambridge for some unexplicable reason for about nine months, then came here to Silver Spring. Um, and we were at this table, this very proper British Shabbos table, and some of the children, I was at the kids' table, were placed their straws into the glasses, and they started blowing bubbles. My partners in, cr in crime were sternly scolded. But Tati smiled warmly, and he said, that's what little boys do. At home, he told me, on the way home as we walked, I was nine years old, he said, you know, parents need to let children be children sometimes. When I was 16, and what I considered to be, what I considered in my youthful intelligence to be a good practical joke, I took a friend's car without so much as a learner's permit, and the maneuvering back home wasn't perfect. The car by accident crashed into a curb, and everyone was scared. I wasn't terrified of the police. I wasn't terrified of this thing called the insurance company that everyone was scared of. Um, I was scared of a cross look from my father. <coughs> but there was none. Okay, so you'll have to work hard. You'll pay it off and you'll learn a valuable lesson. Don't beat yourself up. His demand for my maturity was coupled with belief and perhaps more accurately an expectation in my being able to achieve it. And every so often, a warm sub-communication to that effect. This gave me a tremendous boost of self-confidence that came not from coddling or from accolades, but from a, a belief that I could and should always try to be bigger and better than my current self. So he had a balance. He would always try to get himself less serious by making fun of himself. He would joke that his very favorite Gemara is a, a Yushami. That said, that he would, I don't know if this is exact, but he would say, it's a quote from the Yushami, Asid Adam Litendid Maf A person has to give accounting for everything he saw and didn't eat. And he would say, Oh, you know me, any time is party time. Even though he criticized the whole practice of birthdays, citing that the only birthday in the Torah is Paros, we would celebrate birthdays by singing Happy Birthday, followed by a mandatory round of For He's a Jolly Good Fellow. When I sang For He's a Jolly Good Fellow, until just a couple years ago, he would say, Yes, yes, that's me, jolly, mighty jolly. Das. How knowledge manifests itself in an unshakable connection to Hashem. He had an obsession with truth. He would quote the Rambam, Osa emes b'fdeishahu emes. Roughly translated, seek truth for truth's sake. He identified deeply with Ramanachem Mendel Mikutsk, the Kutsk Rebbe. He wrote a book, which is unpublished. I translated, I, I helped uh, type it. He wrote an introduction that features many self-reflecting thoughts. Just one I picked out last night. This is a quote. Like Moses, 
He could not tolerate injustice. He's referring to the Katsuki Rebbe. He could not in tolerate injustice, not even apparent injustice of God himself. And he had the courage to protest it. He did not believe in lengthy prayers, citation. And his people's failings led him to separate himself from them and live in seclusion. But Remendela labored under an additional handicap. He had a tendency toward mel melancholia, which over time developed into misanthropy. He looked at the world and he did not like what he saw. Like Rashbi, he sought great-souled men and found too few, perhaps two, perhaps only one. It is not surprising, therefore, that in the end he remained alone with only a few loyal disciples occasionally entering his study. Not even they were prepared to accept his teachings in all their fiery vigor. That's a quote. Like Remendela, my father grappled constantly with philosophical questions and perceived inconsistencies in life. He did not believe in lengthy prayer. He once wrote me a list of tefillos kitsaras, taken from mostly the Gemara Brachas and other tefillos throughout Shas. He wrote it on his little stationery in his perfect handwriting, folded it up and told me to keep it in my wallet. I had it there for many years. I can't find it now. And his search for great-souled men of an impossibly high standard caused him to live a life of seclusion. But at the same time, he always recognized that there was something beyond. He had a deep emotional hakara and amuna in Hashem. When I was a kid, he had me read about the system of blood clotting in our veins. He insisted on my reading pages and pages of amazingly complex systems of cells and proteins interacting with each other in the most precise system imaginable, all to heal, heal a paper cut. He smiled and he said, after I read it with great difficulty, only Hashem could do that. His mind and heart spoke in phrases of Tanakh. As a kid of 12 or 13, we would learn beautiful sections of Sefer Yeshaya. Or more accurately, I would sit there bored stiff as he entered into another world, ecstatic, ecstatically enthralled by every single syllable of the Navi. He smiled and he said, only a Navi inspired by Hashem could write that. One more short memory. I remember, I don't know why this is coming into my head. We bought uh, the little teal Corolla, which is parked outside, 2003, 16 years ago. It looks brand new. It has less than 40,000 miles. I just checked. The salesperson there was not a typical salesperson. As would often happen when we interacted with people, they forgot the car. As my father had him talking about his career in volunteerism, working to combat poverty and starvation in third world countries, by the time we bought the car, the man had decided to go back to a path that was less financially sound but more spiritually fulfilling. After we got home, we took a rock walk around the block to get over the, or the ordeal of having to go out and purchase the car. He was largely silent and contemplative. We walked around the block in silence. And he started chanting something under his breath. I built up the courage to ask him what it was. And he chanted it outside. And he said, That's what he was, that's all he was saying. The steps of man are made firm by Hashem when he delights in his ways. With all his obsession with truth and political angst and philosophical angst, 
the bottom line was always Hashem. I want to close with three very short points. And first, thank yous. The second, a bracha for his alias and neshama. And a final message for those present. Often at a spade and people thank those who have been involved most recently in the most difficult stages of an, of an ifter's life. And of course, I must thank you. I must thank you. I thank. And I'm going to miss people. And I apologize. It's you share for recent help. Shlomo Fantel, Nechem Yaman and the Chevra Kedisha, his doctors and nurses who tended to him most recently, Dr. Michael Diamond, who put himself out, and especially Dr. Paul Silver, who deftly straddled the line between doctor and close friend for many, many years. And I also want to publicly recognize the unbelievable care in Hachnasas Orchim of Rabbi Eliezer Kreiser and his whole family. But I must also thank those who are such good friends and sources of strength throughout our life here in Silver Spring. I know uh, we're leaving people out. I apologize in advance. Rabbi Rebbe Simnach who not only treated me like a son, but treated my father with utmost respect, care, and dignity. Mr. Yitzchak and Mrs. Barbara Siegel took us in back when I was 10 years old, fresh off the boat from England. And we have been treasured friends for all these years. You can't imagine how much my father valued your friendship. Harvey and Betty Kramer, my father loved you dearly. And you've continued to show your support and concern throughout the years. The whole Woodside Hevra, including Rabbi Breidowitz, the Nogrishols, the Cates, Landismans, most recently Rabbi Walter. Though you were not in close contact, my father was not easy to please. But you certainly made it look easy. Skip to the end. My, my father often, often told me the story of the Hasidic Shakush. The Rebbe Rashab, the fifth Lubavitcher Rebbe, was once learning in the same room as his three-year-old son, Yosef Yitzchak, who was asleep in a bed. The child caught his eye, and he was overcome with love and a desire to lean over and kiss the child. As he was leaving, leaning over, he stopped. He refrained. Rather than invest in a temporal kiss, he turned his emotion inward. He issued what he would later call a Hasidic shakush, Hasidic kiss. He put his love and passion into a famous mimer, Ma Rabbu Masecha Hashem. How great are your deeds, Hashem. And he delivered it in the presence of his son. Inform, informing him that this was his kush. My father was not an overtly emotional person, both as a function of personality as well as philosophy. He felt emotions needed to be genuine and internal. He used to quote the Katzgrab and Az Yashir, Az Yashir Moshe, at the Shiras Hayam. The structure of the word Yashir is unusual. It's commented by Alvin Lefarshim. He will sing. Then he will sing. Why does it say he will sing? Katzgrab has said because Song comes when you're trying your hardest to push it down, it bursts through anyway. That's real song. That's real shira. That's why it says yashi. So his emotions were tucked away. But when they were expressed, they were deeply meaningful. They were chasidish akush. 
It's my hope that this kush, this kiss we felt by all my siblings and their children as a foundation of his legacy. May we all feel his kush, his kiss, and learn how to ha harness genuine feeling and emotions in our Vodas Hashem and Benod Machaveru. As it says in his beloved Yeshayahu, Bila Mavis Nanetzach, Macha Hashem Dima, Mealkopanim. As was said, the many of us did not know him, his presence in Silver Spring certainly intensified the Kedusha of the whole community. His Roshim remains, and um, the air for Silver Spring has been changed by, by such a person. The Kavura will be Mirza Hashem in Boston. We bury next to his wife, Leah Shalom. Um, Shiva will begin in Passaic at Aaron's house at 56 Ridge Avenue. Um, details of what will happen after that will follow. Um, this time I'd like to ask anyone who was designated to be a pallbearer. take the casket right to the hearse and then everyone's welcome to escort the hearse from, from behind.
That's mine. Okay. All right. All the hoses. That's. I think somebody else is going to come back for it. No, no, I'm talking about that stuff. Oh, that I don't know. Maybe it probably belongs to the family. Okay. I'm sure that they're standing on the corner. Okay. Yeah, I think that's what 